Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author and visionary who has written over 37 books spanning four decades on nutrition and healthy living. For more information, check out annelouise.com. This episode of First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee. Anne Louise recommends Purity Coffee because of their proprietary roasting method, which gives Purity 65% higher levels of antioxidants than any other organic coffees. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now your host, nutrition, diet, detox, and environmental visionary and the first lady of nutrition, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hi, everyone. It's not often that I have a visionary, a real living legend with me in studio. This man is known as the father of functional medicine. He's been a university biochemistry professor. He's the co-founder of the Institute for Functional Medicine. He is none other than Dr. Jeffrey Bland. Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition. Dr. Bland, you're the father of functional medicine, but you're now impacting a new movement called the immunorejuvenation movement. Tell me about immunorejuvenation. Well, thank you. First, Anne Louise, I just want to acknowledge and appreciate uh, your years of contribution to this field. It's, uh, there are not many people that uh, I can say have traveled this uh, journey with me over the last four decades <laughs> made the kind of impact that you've made. So it's a, it's a real privilege to be part of your, um, of your broader universe. Um, thank so, you. yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, the The lesson that we've learned, what have we learned here the last uh, three years? <laughs> or another way of saying it is, uh, uh, what has COVID taught us as a society? Well, there are many lessons underneath that question, but I, the one I want to focus on is related to your question. Um, how did what we learned about COVID-19 relate to our immune system status? And I think what we learned, and this would probably not be disagreed with by any medical professional or person that's in the art of infectious disease, is that our immune system as a culture, as a country, uh, was not as good as we thought it was. It wasn't as resilient. It wasn't as capable of managing uh, a new vector called the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And that's why we saw a tremendous variation in how different people responded to the same exposure. Some people uh, had very minimum symptoms when they got infected and passed through it very lightly. And then many others that were not so fortunate. They were seriously ill, uh, many of them hospitalized, and unfortunately, over a million people died. And the only way you can explain that is that there's something about the immune system of these individuals that had them respond to the virus in different ways. Some people, responding uh, with good vigilance and good resilience and ha having hardly even a bump in the, in the night of a concern of, of being sick. And then other people, obviously, uh, it was the cause of the end of their lives. And so what we've really been doing is with my group over the last several years, and it actually started before uh, SARS-CoV-2. I, I don't know how we were so either fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you wanna look at it, to be actually starting to look at the immune system of our of our culture prior to SARS-CoV-2. But what we have learned uh, in now with my both science and, and medical groups is that if you start doing immune functional assessment, and this is like the frontier of where immunology is going, not just to look at immune diseases, but to look at an immune assessment, what you'll find is that the functional capability of individuals' immune systems who think that they're apparently healthy because they're not sick, 
may be very, very different in terms of their capability of resisting uh, immune challenge from one person to another. And that leads to a concept that we, we call immunosenescence, aging the immune system. And it turns out that there are people that can have fairly few numbers of birthdays, but have a very aged immune system. And vice versa, there are people who have had many birthdays whose immune system is behaving as if they were much younger. Mm. It, turn, it turns out that uh, we, cap we have the capability, every human being has the capability of, um, of turning back the age of their immune system uh, through activation of the processes that uh, exist in our body um, that we're calling immunorejuvenation. Uh, that's a kind of a, a, a term that we've applied to a whole series of biological um, capabilities that the human has to refresh, renew their immune system and get rid of what we uh, have heard of cells like zombie cells. Zombie cells are these cells that collect in our immune system over time that actually relate to a perpetuation of inflammation, a state of chronic inflammation. It's been termed inflammaging because it causes increasing risk to virtually every age-related disease. But it also just lowers our general uh, vigilance of our immune system to defend ourselves uh, daily uh, against uh, things that are in our, our outside world. And I think we all recognize, and there's not a human being that has looked around them that doesn't recognize we're seeing increasing prevalence of uh, disorders associated with imbalanced immune systems. Mm -hmm. We call those autoimmunity. Where do these autoimmunity conditions come from? There are 88 different diagnoses in medicine uh, of different diagnostic diseases, thyroiditis, uh, systemic lupus erythematosus, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, uh, I could go on the list, but let's just say there are many, many different names that are associated with these autoimmune diseases but they're suddenly becoming much more prevalent, either in the pre-autoimmune state or in even the diagnosed state. And that then asks, begs the question, why? Why are we seeing it? The genes of people didn't suddenly change to become autoimmune genes. We didn't suddenly wake up to become allergic to our bodies on, on, on some morning. Uh, our, our immune system shouldn't have be an enemy with the rest of our body. What is going on? What is going on is quite honestly, we're collecting a bunch of injuries in our immune system as a consequence of bad experiences. And those experiences are viruses and bacteria, imbalanced microbiome, faulty diet, exposure to chemicals, bad toxic thoughts and beliefs and attitudes, hostility, um, uh, feelings of tra uh, traumatic stress. All of these things can accumulate in our immune system as uh, remembrances of our immune system of injury. And those scars, those immune scars, relate then to this process of immune aging and to, to inflammation. And that sounds like a bad news story. It sounds like a one-way <laughs> disaster. But the good news is, and that's where we are, are hanging out now, is what I call the science of hope. The mm, science of hope is that we can turn that. these the things back. The science of hope is rejuvenating the immune system using the natural processes that have been discovered and for which Nobel Prizes in Medicine and Physiology have just been awarded within the last uh, decade that can give us control of our immune system so that we become friends of our immune system. We don't become an enemy with our immune system. So that's where we have hang, uh, hung out. That's why I started this big, bold health company, because I thought this was really deserving, even at my, uh, my age, that it was worth one more good shot at trying to get people to really recognize they have a lot more control over their immune system function than they probably understand. So does this involve testing a whole slew of tests to see what is really affecting the immune system? Do you test for viruses, bacteria, gut health, so on and so forth? Well, I think it starts first with the first beachhead for us, which is 
let's ask what immune type that individual has. And, and we've actually defined it, not just we alone, there are many other immunologists that, that are saying the same thing. There's, there's basically five different kind of buck, uh, buckets of immune types, hypersensitive types, immune inactive uh, types, uh, inflammatory types. So we first try to understand what, what bucket, what kind of uh, immunotype does that person have, what we call immune identity. And we do that uh, very simply at first by uh, a questionnaire that we've developed from uh, the symptoms that people um, respond or, or present, uh, the, the, what we call the phenotype, their immune phenotype. Uh, that questionnaire is actually very simple. It's just uh, about 30 questions that a person can answer. And it's actually on our website. It's, it's a self-scoring questionnaire. And it helps a person to actually understand what immunotype they are so that we'll better be able to instruct them as to how to rebalance their immune system with immunorejuvenation. Uh, we would use a different approach slightly for an individual with a autoimmune uh, phenotype or, or presentation from a person with an immune suppressed phenotype that has a greater prevalence of everything that comes along, every cold and flu. And those particular assessments don't require a lot of lab studies and, and detailed expensive tests, but really just a first level of understanding of the uniqueness of the immune system. Beyond that, clearly, there are other tests that, that we uh, in the functional medicine community are developing to better be able to be precise in the way we would understand the immune system. But for, for many people, the first uh, opening of the door into their understanding is just to understand their immune identity so we can start to help them appreciate how they take control of their immune system rather than become a victim of it. The First Lady of Nutrition podcast is brought to you by Purity Coffee with 65% higher levels of antioxidants than other organic coffees. Purity Coffee uses third-party labs to test for pesticides, mold, mycotoxins, and heavy metals. Purity Coffee also uses a proprietary roasting protocol that retains high levels of bioactive compounds and that have been linked to specific health benefits and is especially supportive of the heart and liver, which Anne Louise writes about in Radical Metabolism and Radical Longevity. Go to puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. That's puritycoffee.com and enter coupon code ALG25 for 25% off your first order. And now back to the podcast. So what are you finding? What kind of patterns of health are you finding in 2022? Yeah, I think that there are paradoxically um, several different immune varieties that we see of these five different immunotypes that I mentioned. Uh, one that I already have alluded to that's rising in prevalence is what I call pre-autoimmunity. Yes. Uh, this pre-inflammatory autoimmune state. Now, it's interesting, uh, and I know you've spoken about this, so I'm kind of treading on ground that's, that's already been covered by you, but um, the concept of pre-autoimmunity was not recognized in medicine at all uh, until recently. In fact, what it was said is that you either had an autoimmune disease or not. There was nothing in between. It reminds me a little bit of the story around uh, diabetes. Uh, back many years ago, of actually many decades ago, when I used to talk about pre-diabetes, this would be 30 years ago, um, the traditional endocrinologist, uh, the, the subspecialist dealing with diabetes said, no, there's no such thing as pre-diabetes. You either have diabetes or you don't. There's nothing in between. Now we recognize, no, there is definitely pre-diabetes. It's talked about in the medical world and in TV advertising and print all the time. So we start to recognize as we gain new tools for assessment, the things that we before didn't think exist. Now we have new ways of understanding it. Well, that's the same thing with autoimmune disease. In fact, just this last week in the Journal of the American Medical Association, um, actually it was two weeks ago, 
there was a very interesting paper published about assessing pre-autoimmune disease using tools um, and tests that were previously uh, not used for uh, that application. And so they, the uh, uh, author of this paper, who was a rheumatologist, was saying, hey, you know, maybe we ought to be assessing people whether they're on the route to autoimmune disease before yes. they get there. Yes. And, and if we could do that, maybe we can avert the need for these very expensive autoimmune drugs that cost tens of thousands of dollars a month uh, for treatment. And, and so I think that's where we hang out. We hang out in what, what, what we all know as the functional medicine space, which is uh, to look upstream where these conditions come from, look earlier at the dysfunctions at later stage become an acute disease that require more serious medical intervention. So that, that's the approach we're trying to take in Big Bold Health is to really get people to understand how do you actually start to interrogate your immune system so you understand it and then how you can intervene with it using these new uh, principles that rejuvenate the immune system at a stage that you still have lots of flexibility. You're not relegated to you know, crisis care and heroic medications and, and uh, serious potential adverse outcomes. So what are the most important supplements? Well, there again, you're asking the really important questions. I think uh, what we have discovered is that, uh, well, and when I say we, I'm probably being a little bit overly uh, gracious. I think we would be plural. There are many investigators of which we're, our group is one that has probably come to the same conclusion. Rejuvenation of the immune system uh, can be supported uh, through four different, what we call pillars. And um, I think for most people, maybe they've heard of these, but not heard about how they specifically mechanistically uh, can enhance immune rejuvenation, getting rid of damaged uh, aged immune cells and replacing them with, with more viable, resilient, younger immune cells. By the way, just to give a little factoid, most people don't recognize that um, every second in a, in a person's body, they're making about 80,000 new immune cells every second. Mm -hmm. And when they're sick, they're making a lot more than that. But that would be in a person who's uh, what is presumably well. Now, what that means is that uh, about every three months, our body's immune cells get replaced with new ones. And then the question is, are those new ones that come in equal to those that went out in terms of their effectiveness? Are they worse off or are they better off? And what we want to say is let's improve immune rejuvenation so our immune system is better off. In other words, it is at working at a, at a younger, more resilient function rather than worse off and becoming more senescent. So what are the four pillars that actually lead to this immuno uh, rejuvenation process? Um, in, in no necessary order of priority, I'll just give the four because they all come together as part of what we call our immuno rejuvenation program. Number one are polyphenols. These are specific members of the bioflavonoid family, phytochemicals found in certain foods. And as, as uh, most people know, and you have talked about, uh, there are literally uh, thousands of different phytochemicals found in different plant foods. And phyto means plant. So these are plant-related nutrients. They're not vitamins. They're not minerals. They are substances that are produced by plants by their own metabolism for their own protection, their own immune defense, and their own ability to um, be successful in living in whatever environment they're living, recalling that a plant can't run away and hide. So it has to stand and fight. If there is a bug or there's an infection or there's a, a drought or there is a heat, it has to or there's sunburn, it has to protect itself against all those things. And so it develops these, it has developed this whole family of phytochemicals to help defend them itself. And by the way, those phytochemicals um, differ from plant to plant. So we just can't say, 
Well, all phytochemicals in plants are all the same in the way they work in the body. Uh, in fact, early on, when people were talking about phytochemicals, they were talking about names like uh, quercetin and, and curcumin and epigallocatechin gallate mm -hmm. and uh, that whole family of interesting named compounds, indole-3-carbonyl, sulfurethane. <laughs> um, th those particular molecules were all considered early on to be antioxidants, that they helped to defend the cell or the body against oxidation and injury to free radicals. Well, it is true that many of these, maybe even most of them, are antioxidants, but now it's found that that's not really the, the principal way by which they work. The, the principal way by which they work is selectively modulating the epigenome, the ability of regulating how the genes and cells express themselves into their function. So they are involved with the, uh, the regulatory function of how actually our book of life, 23 chapters of our chromosomes are expressed into our function. This is a powerful new discovery that's only uh, a decade or so old in terms of our understanding of the role these phytochemicals play in cellular physiology and in metabolic health. And so polyphenols, specific polyphenols that are found in onions and garlic and, and fruits like apples and um, various types of root vegetables, um, all of these, these phytochemicals, these polyphenols, flavonoids and, uh, and related compounds, have specific effects on both the microbiome and on the cellular regulation, epigenetic regulation of immune cell rejuvenation. And we have found that there is a family of these that appear to be most interesting in terms of their activity. And that family includes names like rutin, quercetin, diosmin, luteolin, uh, hesperidin. Um, there are about 10 or 12 of these polyphenols that are heavy lifters in terms of their influence on immunorejuvenation. And just ironically or interestingly, uh, it turns out that those specific flavonoids are really enhanced in their level in a food that was lost in the American food supply system 200 years ago. Mm. And that, that food is called Himalayan tartary buckwheat. Tartary means from the tartan district of the uh, uh, slopes of the, of the um, uh, uh, Himalayan mountains in China. This is a 2,500 year old food it was actually brought by our colonial ancestors to America because it was so uh, capable of living in hostile soils. It didn't need chemicals or fertilizer. Uh, it didn't, bugs didn't like it because it was so high in, in immune strengthening nutrients that bugs didn't like eating it. So Himalayan tartary buckwheat was a, uh, was a very staple food in our colonial ancestors, but it got lost in American agriculture a couple hundred years ago. And we are kind of refining it because it contains, now when I say this, it, it sounds like an exaggeration, but I'm actually not exaggerating. It has 50 to 100 times, not percent, but times the level of these immune strengthening polyphenols of nor normal common buckwheat. And common buckwheat was already seen as a very powerful immune strengthening uh, food. So this is 50 to 100 times higher in those specific nutrients. Plus, it contains some interesting phytochemicals that are immune active that we haven't seen in other foods at all, like a compound called 2-hydroxylbenzylamine, or abbreviated 2-HOBA, which is only found in buckwheat, which improves immune system function and its role on blood pressure. So what we're starting to see is this Himalayan tartary buckwheat is a major, major uh, potential contributor to activating the immunorejuvenation process. And it got us so 
excited about this. <laughs> Believe it or not, I, I then decided we needed to start investing in organic regenerative agriculture to grow this back up in America. Yes. So we, have a, we have a group of farmers that are part of our cooperative in upstate New York. We have a, a artisanal mill that now is milling our Himalayan tartary buckwheat. And by the way, for people not familiar with uh, the, the concept at all, uh, I don't know how this name got named buckwheat because it sounds like it's a member of the wheat family. But it, it, has, it has no relationship to wheat whatsoever. So it's, it's gluten. It's gluten free, doctor. Totally gluten free. That's right. It's and actually, it's, it's a seed, isn't it? That's right. It's a fruit seed. It's not actually a grain. And so, uh, if if you actually look at it, uh, you know, uh, either under the magnifying glass or with magnification, you'll see that it it has a unique shape. It's like a, a little uh, armored. Uh, seed against hostile environments that you, uh, when you break the seed open uh, to then liberate what becomes ultimately the flower, uh, the hull or the husk of that uh, turns out to contain a lot of interesting prebiotic fibers and uh, things like inositol, which is very helpful for uh, supporting a healthy microbiome. So what we find is both the hull and husk and the flower in, in the so-called endosperm of the Himalayan tartary buckwheat plant is extraordinarily health enhancing. And interestingly, there are over a hundred different clinical studies on its use. Most of all of them are published in, in Asian literature because it's uh, it, you know, it has been used traditionally as a food in, uh, in China, Japan, uh, Korea. Uh, and now we're starting to re rediscover it here. And we are actually the first group, I think maybe, maybe in the world to have an organically certified Himalayan tartary buckwheat, uh, which we've now produced in our farms in, in upstate New York. I'm very impressed, but the most important question, how does it taste? Well, it has its very distinct uh, flavor, as you can imagine, because of this high phytochemical um, content, it, it, it has a bitter off taste that then has caused us to develop our, our food lab. Our food lab now has a group of professionals in it that have worked with me for over 20 years to compound, you know, uh, food products that have unique off-tastes into palatable um, final recipes. And so we have a whole recipe guide, a menu book. On, you can find it on our bigboldhealth.com website of ways to both produce savory and, and uh, baked goods uh, out of this flour that makes it into a very tasty outcome. Plus, we also have now compounded that into a superfood shake mix that I think has a really great uh, flavor profile. And we also have an extract of the... Uh, active bioflavonoids in uh, in what we call our HDB rejuvenate capsules. So no matter how a person might want to deliver it, either in, in foods or in a shake mix or in, in uh, capsules, they can take uh, advantage of these uh, effects of these polyphenols. And would you use this particular flour in a one-to-one -one ratio with regular flour? Actually, we normally do it in a, in a 60, 40, 40% HDB uh, flour or Himalayan tartary buckwheat flour and 60% gluten-free alternative flours. It could be uh, uh, coconut flour, it could be oat flour, it could be uh, almond flour. Tiger uh, nut flour, chestnut yeah. flour. Exactly. I'm so mm -hmm. excited to get my hands on this. Tell us again where my listeners can get this Himalayan tartary buckwheat, Dr. Bland. Well, they can either uh, order it off Amazon uh, under the Big Bold Health uh, site, or they can go directly to our our website, bigboldhealth.com, and order it there, which also has all these recipe and menu guides and other information and video, uh, you know, kind of explorations with our chefs 
uh, as to how they're preparing it. So uh, I would encourage them to go to our website because it's pretty dense in, in information that they can find. Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at unikeyhealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fat Blasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Are there any other ancient food crops that are in the testing phase or stage? Yes, thank you for asking that question. So this has opened up for me <laughs> a whole. I mean, new... you're in the food business, doctor. I am. I never really expected this would be my journey in life, but uh, what's happened as a consequence of this for me is I've, I've now been introduced into the food as health, uh, soil health, uh, mycorrhiza, this whole new emerging regenerative agriculture movement, and. Um, that has then produced an understanding that there are over 20,000 edible foods that we know of, of which humans consume 90% of their calories from less than 10. When I learned that, it just blew me away. Mm -hmm. There are 20,000 edible foods, but we as humans on global level consume 90% of our calories from 10 foods. And so this has opened the door for all sorts of new opportunities for us to develop uh, uh, different kind of uh, pro let me give let me give an example. This, this is one that uh, that I think you're you're very familiar with that I'm I'm kind of proud of that we pioneered now more than 20 years ago, and that was the specific effects on the detoxifying enzymes of our liver and intestinal tract through specific foods that are of the cruciferous vegetable family that have impact on um, the detoxifying enzymes that help to liberate our body of of toxic uh, fat soluble chemicals. And we recognize those uh, phytochemicals are different than the polyphenols I've, I've just described in Himalayan tartary buckwheat. These have the name called glucosinolates. And glucosinolates are found in the cruciferous vegetables, cabbage, uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. Um, and those particular, uh, I said broccoli, yes. Those particular uh, phytochemicals speak to our genes in a different way than the polyphenols that come from tartary buckwheat speak to our genes. In this case, the the poly, uh, the uh, glucosinolates in uh, in these cruciferous vegetables speak to the genes that regulate the expression of our detoxifying enzymes, so-called cytochrome P450s and conjugase enzymes that are the enzymes responsible in our body for detoxifying these fat-soluble chemicals that can build up in our body and produce uh, toxicity. So there's a whole family of foods that one could then design around detoxifying capabilities of these unique principles that are found in these uh, cruciferous vegetables. And are you so, doing that? Yeah, that's another part of our of our research effort. I like and that. We're, we're, we're looking at, uh, at that. We're also looking at uh, a whole family of, of foods that we now recognize have really specific in, uh, interesting positive impact on mitochondrial bioenergetics, on the ability of our energy powerhouse of our cells to re, uh, repower itself through activation of the mitochondrium. And, uh, and that will be, I, I think, another chapter in our evolving kind of food as health to food as medicine journey that we're on all really kind of pioneered through the this rediscovery of for me of Himalayan tartary buckwheat. 
I think that's fascinating. So people can go to Big Bold Health and find out what's going on with you and all these new developments in the food industry. Yes, exactly. And I've only given you just the first... Um, a little uh, taste. Yeah, there's there's three other pillars. And let me just uh, respond to them quickly uh, that relate to immune rejuvenation. So that was pillar one, the polyphenols that I mentioned in Himalayan tertiary buckwheat. Number two um, are um, the important role that pre and probiotics play in uh, normalizing the diversity and activity of our uh, intestinal microbiome. Um, you've spoken so brilliantly about this. I think you were one of the really the first leaders in understanding the important role that the gut health has on body's function and, and immune function. And we've we've followed in that process over the last, oh gee, I'm now 30 years, um, and recognized that what we start to see is more specificity in how we actually activate the immune system of our body, which by the way, as you, you've said so many times, more than 70% of our immune system is clustered around our digestive tract. You know, people have asked, why is that? Why would our immune system be stuck in, in the middle of our body around our mm -hmm. intestines? And it's because I think people don't remember that over the course of living, uh, an average human being will consume between 10 and 20 tons of food that are foreign molecules. Uh, and therefore our body has to have the uh, ability to seek out friends from foe and not lead uh, uh, dangerous foes into our body. So that's why we have this immune system that that is the gatekeeper for our body's uh, 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 entry of friendly molecules, uh, nutrients into our body so that we don't allow bad stuff to pass the gut barrier, the mucosa. So that, that concept of the gut immunity tied to our microbiome, which is then tied to our brain and tied to our liver and tied to our heart and tied to our uh, immune system is an extraordinary new emerging chapter in understanding how to not only improve health, but specifically how to rejuvenate the immune system. So that's our pillar two is pre and probiotics and specific prebiotics that help to nourish the friendly bacteria that activate the immune system in a way that then uh, produces immune balance. And we know that there are specific types of probiotic organisms that do that. We've been looking at species and strain specific uh, bacteria that uh, actually have that uh, capability, as well as specific prebiotic uh, uh, fibers that are capable of uh, facilitating the selective uh, growth of the friendly bacteria at the expense of the demise uh, and starvation of the unfriendly bacteria, the ones that we don't want sticking around, the parasitic bacteria. So that's uh, that's our healthy microbiome is, is pillar two. Pillar do three. Have any, let me ask you this: sure. Do you have any functional foods that are in the um, the pipeline for this particular pillar? Oh yes. Oh boy, thank you for asking. Uh, the answer is yes. We're just releasing uh, in Big Bold Health in October uh, a product that we've been working on now, actually for more than two years with our clinical studies, uh, and that is we're calling it Microbiome Rejuvenate, and uh, it contains a unique uh, probiotic that we've found. This strain is. Uh, uh, lactobacillus uh, rhamnosus uh, L1505 that, that has extraordinary clinical studies in humans done on its improvement of, of uh, immune function. In fact, it's even been used in school-age children to reduce absenteeism uh, due to colds in kids. And we also have a very interesting uh, uh, microalgae that is very rich in uh, beta-glucan, which is a, an innate immune uh, activator. Uh, and then we have our a very high polyphenol containing probiotic or excuse me, prebiotic uh, fibers from our Himalayan tartary buckwheat uh, hulls. And all of that is compounded then into our new product called 
uh, microbiome rejuvenate, which is our, our next pillar as part of our, our pillars approach. Sounds wonderful. Will that be a pill or a powder? It, it's a it's a it's a capsule, and we're recommending two to four a day to re-nourish the uh, the intestinal microbiome uh, of that particular product. Wonderful. Then the third pillar is one that you and and all of us are very very familiar with, but we learn all sorts of new things all the time about it, and that is what what is called vitamin D, but we now know, of course, it's not a vitamin; it's a pro. It's a hormone. Right. <laughs> exactly. And it modulates over 25 different genes that, that influence immune function. So uh, again, proper vitamin D activity and function that's unique to that individual, getting their blood to hydro, uh, 25 hydroxy vitamin D into the, into the healthy range of something like 30 to uh, 50 uh, nanograms per milliliter is what we like. Um, so that's our third pillar. And then our fourth pillar um, is one that a lot of people are not familiar with that uh, is starting to become much more well-recognized, and that's the immune effect of omega-3 fatty acids, and particularly specific types of fatty acids, not just uh, EPA and DHA, but also DPA um, and EPA, which is eicosanoic acid, which is one that we're very uh, interested in that's uniquely high in specific uh, uh, fish oils, along with a new family of companion um, uh, bioactive uh, omega-3 products, which are called pro-resolving mediators. Now that's a, a fascinating new story there. It's abbreviated PRMs. It turns out that if you minimally process certain types of oil, particularly uh, oil that's taken from marine organisms in Northern latitudes, um, particularly in Alaska where there's no fish farming and, and it's all uh, fish that's caught in a sustainable basis, that those those uh, oils, uh, if they're minimally processed, they're not subjected to high temperature processing and chemicals and distillation, uh, retain this unique family of uh, additional fatty acid nutrients that are called pro-resolving mediators. They have names uh, like protectins, resolvins, and maresins. That's a lot of technical jumbo, but it basically refers to the family of these specific uh, um, nutrients that are present to actually help um, stop the inflammation process. They're not anti-inflammatories. They don't suppress the body's ability to engage in inflammation when it needs to, because inflammation is a healthy process that we need, but it helps to quench the overactive immune uh, inflammation process. And they're actually about 100 to 1,000 times more active than EPA and, or DHA in, in doing that, in quenching the, uh, the in, inflammatory process. And it turns out that the um, work that we've done up in Alaska out in, the, in actually uh, the Aleutian Islands, Dutch Harbor to be specific on the island called Unalaska, which is halfway out the Aleutian chain, um, that those fish that are caught out there in between the Bering Sea and the uh, Gulf of Alaska are fish that are, uh, when minimally processed, the oil contains very high levels of these um, PRMs, these pro-resolving mediators. And so we have actually um, put together <laughs> the first ever pharmaceutical grade uh, plant in Dutch Harbor, Alaska. We got a grant from the state of Alaska to actually educate Alaskan Native women and men to become chem techs that work in our plant. We have uh, now a, a living facility and, and uh, health systems out there. And we're producing, I think, the first natural oil that's very high in these PRMs. That's, uh, we call it uh, omega-3 rejuvenate. That is the, the fourth pillar in our four pillars for immunorejuvenation. So it's omega-3 rejuvenate, uh, microbiome rejuvenate, vitamin D, and our HDB rejuvenate, our flour, and our capsules and shake mix. That it represents our 
approach towards immunorejuvenation. Oh, how marvelous. And this is not a high source of mercury. No, that's so we have exhaustive testing on every batch. Uh, these are, you know, uh, very low in, in any kind of uh, organotoxic uh, uh, materials that are persistent organic pollutants. Uh, they're free of any levels of the heavy metals. And uh, the nice thing about it is we're, we're a sustainable fishery. We catch the fish one fish at a time, a line and a hook. It comes into these special ships that my partner has developed and owned uh, that you know, process the fish from a live fish into uh, a minus 20 frozen product on board the fish wow. in 15 minutes. And it's brought to shoreside to our plant where it remains frozen all the way through into our processing plant. So we're producing an oil that's never been seen before because it's, it has never been sustained to degradation uh, as a consequence of uh, storage. Are these products available now, Dr. Bland? Yes, yeah, you can find all of these products. As I said, the uh, the uh, um, Microbiome Rejuvenate product is going to be released in October, but the other three uh, products that I mentioned are all available now on our, our website. So you can support Dr. Bland and, and his and his mission now to create an immune system which is impervious to all these new viruses that are coming down the pike by visiting Big Bold Health. Will you come back and visit us again, Dr. Bland? Oh, I would love it. What you're doing uh, is just nothing short of important. So absolutely. So Dr. Bredesen once said, if there's a Steve Jobs of functional medicine is Jeffrey Bland, you're a well, visionary, you're innovative and parentally two steps ahead. I'd say 10 steps ahead. So God bless you. The same to you. Thank you so much. And and uh, and stay on the line, Dr. Bland. I will do so. Thank you. So shalom to everybody. Shalom uvracha to my wonderful listeners. Catch me every week in Women's World Magazine. And who knows, maybe we'll see something about Dr. Bland's new buckwheat product. Thank you so much. God bless you all. And please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.